0: We need like a we need like a spooky introduction, you know. Like we need to set the set the mood.
1: Yeah. Uh, what are you going to be for Halloween?
0: Oh, I'm going to be a pumpkin.
2: Are, are you? I'm going to be a solar system, and my dog Pluto is going to be Pluto.
0: Oh, that's
1: very good. Uh, I like that. uh, you may be Winnie with that. <laughs> oh, that's good. Like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a natural reaction. Can't wait to tame you. <laughs>
0: Hi, welcome to Story Hole. I'm Roger's Guts.
2: Uh, I'm I'm Joey's Brain Juice. (laughs) I'm Kevin's Trousers.
0: (laughs) Good. All right, welcome everybody. This is our last episode for our spooky Halloween editions. Mm -hmm. We made it through the whole month.
2: Yeah, well, we have to survive tonight and that's it. We've been in the woods. Just for anyone who's tuning mm-hmm. in right now, uh, for for a while,
0: we spent the whole month in the woods sharing campfire stories with each other. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I just want to say happy Halloween to everyone.
1: Oh, that's very good. Thank you. Halloween, Halloween. Yeah, man. I and mean, you got a different yeah. name for our podcast every single Halloween episode. Well, we repeated once, and I felt bad about it, so I've
2: I been racking my brain for hours trying to think of new ones.
0: <laughs> Story Halloween is very good. Yeah, yeah. All right, should we uh, should we light up the bonfire? Yep. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's nice. Oh, hey, um, we we got we got a little support this week. We got a little bit of, of fanness and friendliness, and I I want to say thank yeah. you to some people real quick, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so a little shout out to Steve Corwin. Thank you for being so supportive, and and thanks for spreading the word. That always helps. Hi, Steve. And uh, Emil Brown, who sent us an email. Thank you for your kind words and a link to that strong bad email. So in a way, we got two emails from him. <laughs> yeah very good. Amelia, the cherry on my pie.
0: <laughs> also, we got some comments on our iTunes. Um, thank you to Slappy Giblets <laughs> for leaving a sweet comment. Um, That's more for next month. I and, think we
1: should have saved that name.
0: Uh, and also uh, Connor at fifty thousand and Kim France. Thanks for thanks for leaving some nice comments on our iTunes. Very nice. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. Hey, in the future, do you guys want to do a thing where if anybody leaves us a comment on our iTunes, we just we promise that we'll read it verbatim live on our podcast, yeah. no matter what they write.
1: Yeah, whatever they say. And we should try to do it in their voice. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. I'm sure we could figure out the tone. So if you have a special message you want to send to the world, mm-hmm. um, a.k.a. The, the 25 people that listen to our podcast, yeah, then uh, <laughs> go ahead and leave it there. we we'll would be lucky
2: it. if one of the other 25 people was someone they wanted to marry because then they could propose through our voices.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or if they want to marry one of us three, I guess that would also work. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh,
2: man. But what if, what if it was like, so let's say they want to propose... To Roger but Roger is the one who's reading it and doesn't realize it till he's halfway through. <laughs> that's an ouroboros. You're going to Technically yeah. I
0: would be I'd be marrying myself and, uh, and that's illegal. All they mm-hmm. have to make is say is, I do and then
1: do the rest of it on their own. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, sorry
2: Roger, you going to have to marry someone.
1: Yeah, it's not a don't problem. make me say my bank account numbers, please. <laughs> if you could not write my bank account numbers on the comment, thank you. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. I'll also. say mine. I don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Cool. So, hey, if this episode's coming out on Monday, then mm-hmm. Halloween is right around the corner, huh? It's just two days away. Two days yeah. away. Yeah. Do you guys feel like you're ready? Do you, have, uh, do you have your tricks and your treats all planned out?
2: I got my treats. Yeah, I got treats also. I've got no tricks though. No tricks up my sleeve. No. Tell me about those treats. Oh man, let me tell you I'm gonna give you a list. Uh I got uh Snickers, uh Twix, Kit Kat. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm gonna have something and uh and I'll get <laughs> a corn nut now. What's happening? <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to like make it a wrap, but I couldn't think of candies. Oh.
0: <laughs> so you want corn nuts?
2: <laughs> Man, imagine getting corn nuts for Halloween. I don't know how I feel about that at all. It's not that bad. Candy corn, corn nut. Pretty much the that same. Horrible. Yeah.
1: Is that what she meant to say, Joey? Be honest. Is that what she
0: meant? Was candy corn? And you said corn nuts. Uh, I Like, no mistakes. And my budget's a little tight this year, so I made all my candy myself, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've just given out some some homemade Snickers and uh, some homemade Butterfingers. You want to
2: share those recipes? Are they good? I feel like that's better. That's probably more expensive and better than
0: a, than a real Snickers. It cost me uh, an incredible amount of money. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the, re- the reason why you're having budget issues is because you decided yeah. to do this. If you did this for real, Roger,
2: I bet you would go to the store planning to get the right stuff and you would totally end up just buying weird different types of chocolates
0: that no yeah. one's ever heard of. You'd melt <laughs> them all and try to make some new. I would super... just buy Butterfingers and disassemble them. <laughs> <laughs> try to make a better Butterfinger. <laughs> it looks so bad. <laughs> I would just wrap it in like a piece of notebook paper <laughs> and write Butterfinger and crayon on it. Spelled wrong. <laughs> what's, a, what's a butler finger? <laughs> Butterfinger. <laughs> yeah. What right. are you, Kevin? You have any tricks planned?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rig it up so that the first. Kid that shows up at my door Because I don't think many are going to show up So the first one, I was going to have balloons fall down on them <laughs> Oh, that's good And then not answer the door <laughs> Can I make a suggestion? Yeah a little. Uh, so have
2: the balloons fall down, then open the door And there's a paint can hanging with on a string And it mm. whaps them in the
0: face yeah, yeah, okay Maybe when he grabs the doorknob to open the door It's super hot because you, uh, you heated it up with a blowtorch mm-hmm. I'll put some hot wheels at the bottom of the stairs mm. Oh, that's
1: good, yeah, yeah that's good Perfect.
0: Yeah. Happy Halloween, asshole.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that kid had a Fuck coming you kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Halloween should be—is just getting back at all the kids that home-aloneed adults before. <laughs> yeah. Kevin McAllister yeah. just gets uh, it hard. Okay. Yeah. You guys want to get into the stories?
0: Yeah, something. Yeah, My spooky story this week isn't really a spooky story per se. Wait, uh, but oh. uh, we don't have any way to measure.
1: We haven't picked a way to measure. Oh, you're right. Um, um how full our, our candy bags
0: are? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's good. Cool. Okay, yeah. We we'll right, measure perfect. by how full our candy bags are. Good. Okay. Good save. So, uh so I was thinking uh it might be fun this week since Halloween's right around the corner, maybe we can talk about some ways that maybe we can spice up our Halloween traditions this year. Hmm. I was thinking um, I wanted to look back at at maybe how Halloween was celebrated in the early days of the holiday, like back before Christianity and before candy and all that. When it was still a Celtic pagan holiday, and I thought maybe we could use that as an inspiration and bring some of those old traditions back from the dead, and maybe reintroduce them to our current Halloween. What do you guys think? You want to give it a shot? Yeah, let's yeah, hear it. Cool. So, a little background: Before Halloween was Halloween, it was a pagan holiday named Samhain, and Samhain was a celebration to mark the end of the warm summer months and the beginning of the cold, dead winter. And for the people that celebrated Samhain, this was their New Year's Eve. You know, it was the it was the death of one year. And leading to the birth of the new year. And during this time, I feel
2: that way every time I eat
0: a salad. (laughs) (laughs) It's sowing. It's spelled like Sam Hain, S A M H A I N, if you've ever seen that word. That's uh, that's what we're talking about. It's it's pronounced sowing, though.
1: I'm so (laughs) sowing. Yeah. Oops, I spilled your cereal. I'm so (laughs) (laughs) sowing.
0: Who's that guy? I hate that guy. I like him. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, this this is my new tradition. Get that guy my house. <laughs> um, during Samhain, though, the barrier between our world and the world of the supernatural is at its thinnest. So it's during this time that the dead can come back, um, magic is at its strongest, monsters walk the earth, uh, and you could potentially even see the future if you know how to perform the right rituals. So to start off with, for our Samhain celebration, uh, we're gonna need a bonfire. And this part is actually pretty great. Uh, Everyone in the town gets together and they put out all the fires in their houses and they turn off all their lights and they all meet together in the center of town to build a a bonfire. And it's basically like a big party. Everyone's drinking and talking and having fun and there's snacks. Mm. It's like a big community bonding friendship experience. And the main event is to build a fresh new fire that we can then all take a piece of And carry back to our homes To relight all the fires in our houses That we'll use for this winter So like I would take a torch From the town bonfire And use it to light my fireplace And, and Kev you would take a torch And take it home And like relight the pilot light In your stove or whatever <laughs> So that all of us are warming our houses With the same fire So we're like sharing the same warp Yeah like a symbol That we're all, we're all in this cold hard winter Together as friends I like that Yeah it's a sweet idea huh
2: That's really nice That is cool yeah. And
0: not only that, but this bonfire is magic. Uh, if we make it in the right way, it becomes a connection to the supernatural world. And we can use it to see glimpses of the future. The directions to make it into a magic bonfire, though, uh, they're they're a little bit challenging. We have to light the bonfire on a bed of bones, mm-hmm. which is actually where the term bonfire comes from. Uh, it was originally bonfire. bone fire, yeah, named after the Samhain Halloween tradition, which is pretty cool, huh? Oh.
2: You'll get caught up on it,
0: That hot toy. Uh, I wanted to sing the rest, but I know I couldn't hit that note, so I didn't do it. Can you try? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in order to make a, a traditional salmon bonfire, we're going to need we're going to need a bunch of bones. Which back then probably wasn't much of a problem. Right before winter, everyone would slaughter a bunch of their livestock that they're gonna use as food during the winter months, but that's gonna be a little harder for us now, probably, huh? I haven't really slaughtered anything this year. Have you guys? No. I don't think I could do that.
1: I've slathered some things. Does that does that count? Oh, that's good. <laughs>
0: That might count. Is there any equivalent of that that you think? Is there anything that we do to prepare for winter? Anything that we, have we stockpiled any food or anything that we could use to build this bonfire on? Um, huh. I I mean, I've eaten I've eaten a lot of Doritos in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I guess I could use those bags.
1: I got a bathing suit because it's not it's you know out of season, so it's on sale yeah. now. smart so I got yeah. a bunch of bathing suits. So I could do the bathing suits. <laughs> That's probably. I bought a bunch
2: of garbage on Amazon yesterday. Yeah does that count that's, yeah that's probably good
0: let's just yeah yeah <laughs> let's make a pile of kev's old bathing suits <laughs> and some garbage from amazon <laughs> they're new bathing suits roger i just bought oh, them are you sure you want to burn them in the bonfire then uh yeah for the tradition yeah
2: for the sake of tradition. yeah it's nice it's like sacrificing something that's that's, that's pure something that you care deeply yeah. about
0: yeah Okay, so we have our bed of (laughs) bathing suits. Um, And in order for it to really be a good magic bonfire, we need to light it in a special way too. Um, It's a ritual called a force fire. Mm. And to make a force fire, we need a group of 81 men and by some accounts, 81 naked men. Ooh. And they need to take turns <laughs> rubbing wood together to light the fire with friction. Take turns? They just take turns rubbing the, the wood together to start the bonfire. How do you take turns at rubbing wood? What do you mean? I don't, it's just
1: like two sticks and then we, you say, me and Roger, we're going to rub some wood real fast. And then Joey like, taps me on the shoulder. He's like, may I have this wood? And then, Yeah i step aside (laughs) have
2: you seen the classic like uh it's like a so you put the the one stick on top of the the little hole in the wood and you (laughs) go back and forth Mm -hmm. Uh you can actually you can do that with like a like a little string and another stick in addition to it but it gets tiring so maybe you have to get somebody else to go in and like sub in real fast kind of like cpr that's what i assume it's Uh
0: it's a long process it's going to take it's going to take that's too long yeah
1: have you guys seen that like um that Japanese video, I think it's Japanese, where they're hammering and they're just doing it. Four dudes in perfect unison. Yeah. I want to do
0: it like that. Yeah, they're making uh rice. They're making like the rice gum, rice you know, candy, smacking or it with hammers or something. Yeah. They're so good and strong. Let's let's do <laughs> yeah. that with our butt rubbing instead of butt rubbing. Says, butt rubbing. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, that's three of us, so I guess we've we scrounged up three potentially naked men that could do it. So we only need seventy nine. But I have the rubbing of seventy nine, so. That's true.
2: Well, we're we're thinking about the way that we're going to adapt it for our own tradition, right? Yeah. Because I think that we should just have our own special way of lighting the fire and – that could be all sorts of things. Yeah. Like, what if we like we get that we get a battery and use the gum wrapper and put it on both sides and throw it in a, a pile of, of lint <laughs> from all of the from washing all of Kevin's old swimsuits.
1: Yeah, that'll work. They're new swimsuits. God damn
2: it! <laughs> I smell them. <laughs> yeah. Why do they have stains all over them? Yeah. <laughs> <Ew. laughs>
1: it's fashionable. It's a trend to get the dirty bathing <laughs> <laughs> suits. distressed
0: bathing suits. Yeah, you're, you're, they get a denim bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Okay. cool. So we have a bed of bathing suits. We started the fire with a battery. Mm -hmm. Uh, That should probably work. So now that we've got our bonfire lit, it's a connection between our world and the supernatural world. And we can use that to get some glimpses of the future. A big part of old sound traditions are about divination and fortune telling so we can see what will happen to us in this upcoming year. And one of the ways that we can do that is by taking a stone and writing our name on it. And we all do this together. So all of our friends, everyone in town comes out and we all put our names on a stone and then together we throw them into the bonfire and then the next day when the fire has died out we all get together we sift through the ashes and we collect all the rocks and then together we make a list of all the names on all the rocks that were found but if your rock is missing if no one could find it in the ashes of the fire then i got some bad news for you oh no it was taken to the supernatural world by some kind of supernatural forces and that means you're not going to make it through the year this is going to be the year that you die. Oh, no. Not a super fun tradition.
1: Well, I mean, the flip side of that is that if I do find my rock, that means I am invincible for a year.
0: Yeah. So that's like a big fish situation. Yeah. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm just, what if you bring an extra rock
1: and just...
2: You know, yeah, sure, I <laughs> found mine right here. Oh, here, here it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the
1: supernatural forces are like, what? How?
0: <laughs> I guess Wait he's fine. <laughs> Can't <laughs> touch
1: him. <laughs> My rock is
2: bigger than it was when I put it in. <laughs> Joey, that's a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll be eating great this year. Uh,
0: I did find a better way to get glimpses of the future during Halloween, though. Um, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a way more fun tradition called the barn brack, which is also known as the Halloween cake. And a barnbrack is a a loaf of like sweet bread with raisins in it. And during Halloween, you bake it with a bunch of other junk inside too. Like you throw a coin or an old piece of of a rag in the batter Hmm. and you bake it all together. And then on Halloween night, when magic is at its most powerful, you cut the bread and serve it to your friends. And fate guided by the magic of the supernatural world will dictate what each person finds in their slice of the Halloween cake. Cool, And that object will tell them about what their futures hold for the new year. So for example, um, say you find the coin in your slice, that means you'll have success with money in the new year, which is pretty, pretty straightforward and pretty nice, huh? Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's kind of a gamble because maybe instead of the coin, you bite into your slice and all you pull out is a stick. If you get the stick, that means you're going to have an unhappy marriage or an unhappy relationship this mm-hmm. year, full of fighting and arguments, which is a bummer. So yeah. you get a pee in your slice, then you won't have love or any relationship at all for the new coming year.
1: Why don't we just bake the bread with only coins in it, and then
0: <laughs> that's not how it works, Kevin.
1: Oh. Uh, also, you know how you're ragging on me for finding that loaf
2: of bread? Uh huh. It was it was a bomb rack. What'd you get in it?
0: Uh, Pokemon cards. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? Uh, let me look it up. It says I'm
2: going ca- to catch every disease. <laughs> ca- I'm going to catch all of them. Yeah, like the it's like the tagline. Pokemon catch all of them.
0: <laughs> Pokemon. Other stuff you can find it if you find uh, the old rag. That means you're going to be poor. Um, if you find a ring. Most of these suck. Yeah. Well, if you find a ring, it means you're going to marry the love of your life next year. Cool. So it's kind of okay. it's half and half. It could go either way.
2: What if you find a little baby and keep it in your pocket for a long time? <laughs>
0: here's a roger fun fact um i found a baby so does anybody know what that's called there's like a, a tradition where you find a baby in a slice of cake i don't know what it is though do you guys know no i'm not sure i think it's a new year's tradition is it i'm not sure I think it's though. either cajun or maybe maybe hispanic i'm not really sure i think but, it's hispanic yeah it's hispanic I the
1: internet baby and cake
2: oh god you're gonna get some weird pictures man <laughs> tradition
1: be careful Oh, this is weird. <laughs> Today, the baby symbolizes luck and prosperity to whoever finds it in his or her slice of cake. Hey, how about that? That person is also responsible for purchasing next year's
0: cake Oh man, or
1: for throwing the next Mardi Gras party. Oh, it is a Mardi Gras thing. So, So yep.
0: maybe 10. It's king cake. It's probably been like a decade. I got a slice of cake from, um, from one of my students who gave it to me and I found the baby in it and I put it in my pocket on that day. And I haven't taken it out of my pocket in, like, the last 10 years. So every time I put on my pants, I put, it in, I put it in my pocket. So I've had that baby in my pocket for, like, 10 straight years, which is maybe why I've been so lucky, huh?
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, never never lose that baby. But also, I feel like you've been raising you have your own 10-year-old now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost a teenager. You're a good dad. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, raising, raising a kid is not that hard. Yeah. You were responsible for
1: getting the cake the next year. You killed a tradition. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you've been hogging all the luck yourself. I basically, I owe you guys nine cakes, I guess, at this point, huh? Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah thank With you. the
1: potential of a baby in each, yeah. Please, oh, man, there's gonna be one baby for all of us. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, this year, uh, I'll make I'll make good on my my responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Kev, you want to take a slice of this uh, barn brack and see yeah. what you get inside? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, here you go. What'd you get? Mm-mm.
1: Mine didn't have anything in it. What does that mean? <laughs> Is it empty? It's uh, I don't even think this is bread. <laughs> what did you give me, Roger? Tricked you? Up. It's my thumb. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> goo goo ga ga. <laughs> I mean, Kevin, Kevin, it's his thumb. Take it out of your mouth, man. I'm gonna be that back. <laughs>
0: I've had the taste of man. <laughs> <laughs> The last tradition that I kind of want to bring up is uh, it's the tradition of the layer bond. And the layer bond is a different take on trick-or-treating. It's one of the practices that trick-or-treating probably evolved out of, actually. And in this, instead of a bunch of kids just going out on their own and collecting candy door-to-door all night, in the layer bond, all the children in town move around as one big group. And that group has a leader. And the leader is typically an adult that wears a ghostly shroud over their body so you can't tell who they are. And where their head should be, they hold the skull from a dead horse in front of them. So all the kids gather in town square and then they wait for the horse monster to come and take them out for the night. And the kids blow on horns, they make a bunch of noise, and it's generally just a really rowdy, kind of scary group of kids moving through the town. And at each house, when the lair bond shows up, you better be ready, because the group of kids are gonna come to your door and demand money. No candy, just like straight cash. And if you refuse, then you're cursed by the horse monster for the coming year. Man,
1: does that mean you have to be the horse monster in the coming year?
0: Oh, maybe you get transformed into the lair bond. Yeah, I hope so. That just seems like a gang, like a rob a robbery. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Those are uh, those are the celebrations that I found. Are any of those things that you want to maybe introduce into our into our Halloween this year? I mean, well, our conversation
2: was uh, was good. I feel like we have our cool fire ceremony. We have our cool. Uh, we can get naked, and make a fire, and uh, all we need now is to figure out what kind of animal skull we're going to lead the gang with. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think – are we going to run into any problems if we try to go meet some kids with a sheet over us and a skull on our head?
2: <laughs> oh, no, no. They'll, they'll understand. It's part of our tradition. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's fine, I think.
0: How scary were those traditions? How many candies do you have in your candy bucket?
2: It wasn't so much that they were scary as they were inviting to me. And and yeah. so I'm looking in and my favorite treat of all is filling my bag, uh, uh, raisins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. I have um, I have some – some Tootsie Rolls, which are not the best, but they're okay. I like like Tootsie Rolls enough, um... And a uh, one of those those king size Hershey bars, which is pretty great. Oh dang! But the the you know, the king of the crop, like the best thing mm-hmm. that's in here is I got some of my bathing suits back. <laughs> wow! I made it back in the bucket. You're going to survive next year. You're going to go swimming next year. You're going to make it through the year. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Does it have your name on it? It's one of them. Does one says Benjamin? <laughs> 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 All right. So Roger, that's that's uh, your Halloween traditions. Mm-hmm. Is my turn to go?
0: Yeah. Give me a story.
1: This is the last of our Halloween tradition uh, story holes, and so I kind of wanted to go out with like a grand finale kind of thing. Earlier on in one of the episodes, I had said that I had a real spooky story, something that actually happened to me that I was going to share. Yeah. Um, so, so I wrote a story based on that true story. Oh, shit. To tell you guys. Cool. So this is a, this is a, a,
0: a legitimate, real Kevin ghost story,
1: huh? This is a real Kevin ghost story. This is based on a real Kevin experience man yeah i can't wait this week i'm bringing you a story that i'm going to call the matrix (laughs) (laughs) no uh the little mermaid (laughs) no taco bell i'm gonna call it taco bell oh i like that all right So, the story of Taco Bell starts out. (laughs) So, this, uh, this is a real thing. This is really what happened to me. My family moved around a good bit when I was growing up. I was originally born in Arizona, but we moved to Virginia when I was two, and then to Tennessee when I started elementary school, and then finally Maryland when I started middle school. And most of my life I spent in Maryland but when I think back on my early childhood, the memories that are summoned are from my time in Tennessee. This might be because I lived there at an age when I would run around the neighborhood with other kids and climb trees or jump in creeks, or it might be because of the events that I'm about to tell you about. Whatever the reason may be, uh, it is a vivid memory. So I want you to take in good faith that I might have been young, but with my adult brain now, I know what I saw is true. The neighborhood I lived in was basically on a loop. The loop went up a hill and then back down to cycle back to, like, the main road. And my house was at the top of the hill, halfway through that loop that went back to the main road. And the neighborhood I was living in was heavily wooded with all kinds of trees and squirrels and shade to spend lazy summer days. And this was back before the internet, and I didn't own any video game systems, so my entertainment was based on who I could get to, like, chase me or (laughs) what I could catch in a stream. That's basically how I spent my days. When I was very young.
0: You should have tried to catch a Nintendo in the stream.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I did,
0: but I yeah. I was a child. Yeah, you didn't realize <laughs> didn't what work. you had until it was too late.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you were just capturing squirrels and making them kiss each other. Making them kiss you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Did I tell you the story?
2: <laughs> That's the spooky part. Well, no, I just I saw you doing that yesterday, and I just figured it was uh, the old yeah.
1: habits. Put two and two together. Sherlock, mm. you got me. <laughs> Got it. One day, I came upon a monumentous discovery. My house had a fence that lined the perimeter with a densely grown pine trees lining the entire back part of it, the back of the backyard. The formation was intended for privacy, but also kind of stifled my scope on what my play area could be. There was another house behind my house, and our two backyards met at that line of trees. I was aware of the fact that there was a other house back there, but what I didn't know was that the house behind mine was in a completely different neighborhood. So there was a whole other Narnia over there to explore. Wow. Maybe it had another creek. Maybe it had a lake. Maybe it had more kids to play with. So I hopped the fence. I ran, I ran through that yard, and I started my journey to see what the new world had to offer. It didn't take long for me to find new friends to play with and my outings over the fence became more and more frequent. A little while later, I was jumping that fence nearly every day and this is where my story takes a darker turn. One of those other boys in the neighborhood whose name was Ben invited me to come play over at his house when his parents weren't home. The presence of his folks were of no concern to me so I obviously agreed and when I got there, Ben and another boy were hiding behind a bush giggling. I walked up to them, and I asked what was so funny, and Ben explained to me that what he wanted us to come over for was to show us that his house was actually haunted. Apparently, Ben was seeing a little girl in a gown standing at the end of his hall late at night, every night. For a while now. Every time he got up to go to the bathroom, she would be there waiting. And he said she never moved or said anything, but she seemed sad. And Ben had this inclination that if he ever approached the girl... Uh, he would be put into imminent danger so he never really uh, got too adventurous with that I of course was skeptical but he said he could prove it the girl has never shown herself during the daytime, but Ben knew of another way to interact with her he told me to stay hiding behind the bush and he would be right back Ben ran up to his front door locked it with his key while looking over his shoulder to give me a quick smirk he then knocked on the door three times and ran back over to us whispering get down, get down A moment passed, and nothing happened. Another moment, still no excitement. I was just about to ask Ben what was going on when I hear a creaking noise. The door to the house suddenly, slowly began to open. It slid all the way open before bumping into the wall, and there was nothing there. The doorway was completely empty. Ben nudged me to go check it out, and I hesitated, but then slowly walked up to the house. I peeked in, and still nothing was there. We repeated this process time after time after time. Each time, we would check the house, and each time, it would be completely empty. We started taking turns being the one to knock. Each time, one of us would run up, lock it, knock on the door, and run back to our hiding spot giggling. When the door opened, we would sprint in and find that nothing was there waiting for us. I was convinced this was a ghost. Later that day, around sunset, I returned home. I climbed the tree, I jumped the fence, I ran in the house for supper, I ate with my family, I got cleaned up, I went to bed. That very same night I was woken up by my dog. She was whimpering by my bedroom window, but it was a kind of whimpering that I had never heard from her before. It was kind of like a like a stuttering whine. Can kind you do of. it? Uh, it's
0: like <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> but picture it's a dog's whine, but it was stuttering kind of like that it was sudden I don't, it was weird it was really weird i'd never heard any animal make that noise before and i had lots of pets growing up pretty much my entire life so i was confused and also unnerved by the whole situation what was causing her to make that noise she kept jumping up and pacing around the window whimpering over and over again my curiosity got the better of me so i got out of bed and i went over to the window I didn't see what it was right away, but after searching for a while, I saw it. There in the darkness, behind the fence, in the dense trees, was a small figure. It was a shadow of a figure. I couldn't make out what it was because it was too dark and far away, but it was humanoid in shape and very small, like half my height. I stared at it for a while waiting for it to move, but nothing happened. I started to wonder if the darkness was playing tricks on me or if something was actually there. But before I could come to an answer to that question, I heard a crash behind me. In the panicked fit my dog was having, it knocked over something off my desk. I picked it up, and I put it back on the desk, and when I turned to the window, the figure was gone. Uh,
0: how far away was the figure from your window?
1: Let's say, like, 20 yards? That's a big backyard. Is it? It was pretty big. We'll say 50 yards. I think 50 yards would be a, a safe bet. It was like 50 yards away. So, and it was within the shade of the trees and stuff. So I really couldn't see much. I could only see that there was something there that was out of place and it was small in shape. Okay. But then when I looked back at the window, the figure was gone. My dog stopped whining, calmed down and jumped back on the foot of my bed. With there being nothing left to see, I decided to go back to bed myself. The next morning was just like any other. I got up, I had breakfast, I went to school, I came home, I played, I went to bed. But again, that night, I was woken up by a whimper. Again, my dog was by the window, seemingly inconsolable in its panic. I got up again, and I looked out the window, and once again, I saw the figure. But this time, it wasn't behind my fence, but at my playset at the far end of my yard. Oh, Oh, no. It was still in the shadows, and too far away to make out clearly. I watched for a while and noticed that it seemed to be rocking back and forth very slightly. Oh, God. I blinked, and it was gone. This time, I closed my window and went back to bed. A week passed, and I did not see the figure again. Another week went by. It didn't show up. But then the third week later, I was woken up by a howl this time. I jumped out of bed to the window to see the figure had returned. This time, it was in the middle of my yard, and the moon was shining on it. Oh, goddamn it! It was a little girl in a gown, and she was looking directly at me with cold blue eyes, rocking back
0: and forth. You could clearly see her.
1: I could clearly see her in the moonlight. Oh, god! She's in the middle of my yard, staring directly at me. I immediately shut the window, jumped into bed, and threw the covers over my head. Because kid logic, if you're covered by blankets, you're untouchable. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, for sure. I yeah. used to believe that uh, if aliens, aliens were out my window, and as long as they couldn't see my skin, they wouldn't know it was there. <laughs> so, you know, I'd try to peek out and make a big tunnel so I could look at the window, but none of my skin would be visible. <laughs> Is that true?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay.
1: I think it's safe to say. Science has proven. <laughs> aliens can only see human skin yeah. and nothing else. <laughs> uh, it took some effort, but I was able to finally get myself to fall back asleep. The next night, I closed my window before going to bed and slept completely covered by my sheets, but it was to no avail. Once again, I was awoken by frantic barking and growling. I was frozen terrified, but eventually got up the nerve to slowly peek out from under my sheets. There, on my second story floor window, was a silhouette of a small girl walking back and forth. I ran out of my room to my parents' bed and begged them to let me sleep with them that night with the excuse that I was having nightmares the next morning I creeped back into my room and opened my window to see that there was a breath print on the oh, other side No, in the breath was the words you knocked smeared on my window pane oh, shit.
0: that's terrible that
1: was the last I ever saw the girl I never saw Ben again either and we eventually moved out of that house so I don't know who that girl was if Ben knew what he was doing to me or if I would ever see her again but I do know that is the scaredest I've ever been in my life
2: Jeez, man. man
0: that's crazy
2: well at least she didn't knock at your door to get you back Then,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean i kind of like maybe she wasn't bad right she just you, you knocked on her door and she wanted to see what you yeah. wanted right yeah
1: yeah not necessarily she didn't do anything bad to me man that's yeah. nuts
0: yeah that's creeptacular. have you ever brought it up with your family your sister or anything no man that's crazy no. you
1: never mentioned this at all to anybody uh no actually well i i have talked about the fact that I have experienced a spooky thing, but I haven't I haven't talked about it in detail oh, now. Man, you better not have cursed us, Kevin, you son of a bitch. I don't want that. I little... mean, we didn't knock.
0: I didn't knock on it. Might, I might man. have
2: accidentally, I bumped my table. I might have knocked on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, uh, I'm looking in my candy bag right now, mm-hmm. and it is full to the top. I am wow. overflowing with candy right now.
2: <laughs> uh, mine, yeah. mine is actually bursting, too, but kind of sideways, because my raisins seem to have... Uh, rejuvenated, and now they're grapes.
0: <laughs> hey, I just have prunes in mind. Is that <laughs> is that a Halloween treat? That's going to be helpful for your digestion. Yeah. Oh man, we should give out prunes for Halloween yeah. this year. That's so funny, <laughs> right? <laughs> Can yeah, you imagine? Like prunes. prunes
2: taste like fruit roll up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, they're a treat. Everybody
2: loves prunes.
1: Those uh, fruit leathers and stuff.
2: I bet you, in like a candy world, all the bikers wear fruit leathers. <laughs> this is just a cute thought that's not even
0: a bad joke it's just a cute idea (laughs) i like thinking about that
1: well that's my story joey you want to take us home
0: finish up the season joey yeah
1: mine starts sort of uh with uh
2: something that happened to me as well Uh, i'm not going to get too far into that but i want to tell you why i uh why i know the thing that i'm about to talk about Um, there was a night when I was, I I mean, I was like an adult ass man. I was 24 years old, 25 years old. (laughs) And, uh, and I woke up and I saw like a more or less like a dementor in the corner of my room. I I mean, I've told you guys about this before, but for anyone else that doesn't know, Mm -hmm. Um, What you probably don't know about that is I saw it more than once, and when I told my brother Matt about it, rather than making fun of me, uh, he's like, hey, I I can salt your windows, and I'll put up some protection symbols in your room, and I didn't know what he was talking about, but when we were kids, he had these books, and they had all sorts of information about, you know, like angels and demons and stuff. He was into that when we were like, when we were young. We were like, you know, 10 years old or whatever. Up until now, I've always thought he was calling them Nokian symbols, but they're actually called Enochian symbols, um, and they're essentially letters that are used to communicate with angels. Whoa. Have you guys ever heard of Enochian symbols?
1: No. I think I've heard of the the term, but never knew what it actually meant.
2: All right. So um, I'm more or less going to tell you two uh, descriptive stories about where they came from and, and what they're all about today. Enoch was a mystical figure and a man that was said to have never died, but rather lived for 365 years and talked with angels and saw visions of the rapture. While Enoch is only mentioned in the book of Genesis for one sentence, his mere presence there paints a picture that maybe he's pretty important. The sentence reads like this, He walked with God, and he was no more, for God took him which some Christians interpret as Enoch's entering heaven alive. Uh, yeah, but one sentence isn't a whole lot to work with, which leads me to introduce the Book of Enoch, which is not considered to be scripture, but some argue should be. It's 108 chapters and has been banned by the Christian church, but it is considered to be canon in the Ethiopic church. So by religious accounts, this is a, a real man, and I'm going to be giving you guys uh, biblical age stories. Okay? Cool.
0: That's great. Okay. okay. Side note, yeah, have you ever seen Over the Garden Wall? Uh, Yeah, yeah, you know you know in the in the episode when they go to the town that's full of uh, pumpkin people? Yeah. And there's the giant pumpkin man that's the leader of the town. His mm-hmm. name is Enoch. Yeah. Um I, I was looking to see
2: I mean there's there's really cool I mean, over the Wall is just great. If hey, yeah. if anyone's looking for something to yeah. watch that they, they want yeah, for Halloween that. season, it or just even not for Halloween season, just watch it, it's great. It's the perfect miniseries. I love it. It's yeah. so good. It's perfect, yes. The Book of Enoch is a tour guide of heaven, earth, and hell, and it's guided by the archangel of salvation named Uriel. Uriel is the fourth archangel. He's an angel of divine presence, described also as a cherub, seraphim, flame of God, presider of Tartarus, which also means hell, and the face of God. He's also the one who let Noah know that the flood was coming.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's got it all. (laughs) If he's so hot, why did they name him Urinal? (laughs) Uh... I mean, where do you think we got urinals from?
2: (laughs) Guys, cool. Some people believe this is real.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Christians. Sorry, everybody named Christian. Yeah.
2: Some of the terms that we use to describe Uriel are recorded as four-faced beasts and creatures with six wings or rings of eyes. Yeah. As Enoch tells his tale, he speaks of seven archangels that testify on behalf of mankind and ask for intervention from the fallen angels during the apocalypse. Now, archangels aren't regular angels. They're above angels. There's only a handful, and they can speak directly with man, and they're super tough. So for context, most of us know who uh, St. Michael is, but uh, St. Michael is one of these He's actually the biggest and, and toughest archangel, but he's the one who was responsible for leading God's armies against Satan in the book of Revelation. Cool. He's the one who banished Lucifer to hell. Wow. So the book goes on to describe that the rapture is coming in the form of a great flood because 200 angels, known as the Watchers, defected from their posts to bone human women.
0: <laughs> Can't blame them.
2: <laughs> if you've heard of Kevin's Diablo podcast, then you know these angel human babies are called the Nephilim.
1: Oh, cool. Is that real? Mm-hmm. Oh. And if
2: you don't know that... Hey, go check out Diablo. It's good. Yeah, go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. The entire account is explained through conversation between Uriel and Enoch, uh, which goes on more or less to explain that the 200 angels that boned human women are going to be sacrificed to demons and the human women that bore angel babies will become sirens. God blames the sons of God for the impending war and the flood. So to reiterate, Enoch is a human man, a man that spoke with angels and was the sole witness to a vision that ends all things. And no other man will ever see what he's seen. When Enoch is 365 years old, he was greeted by God, who then took him into heaven. He never died a human death. He was just scooped up from God just to live in heaven. So, pretty cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. How cool.
2: Our next important figure here is a man named John Dee. In the 16th century, this was an absolute renaissance man. This man mastered all of the current humanly maths and sciences at the time. He was an esteemed mathematician, astronomer, philosopher, coordinated spies for the British Empire, but also dipped into alchemy and divination, which is the act of performing rituals or reading mystical signs or creating miraculous incantations. For those of you who don't know these traditions, just think of it like a wizard or a cleric. It's like supernaturalism or magic or witchcraft, necromancy, voodoo, all that good stuff. As a man that quite literally mastered everything of the humanly realm, he decided to look into things beyond human uh, by the time he was 30 years old. So he's a man of math and science, but also the occult, and this got him into trouble with the Queen Mary because he was caught calculating her horoscope, which was believed to be an inexcusable offense. It's like inviting you know, um, occult practices, uh, like a curse on the queen, kind of. Uh But it didn't prevent him from winning the favor of Queen Elizabeth, uh, he actually became her trusted advisor and um, served very, like, uh, like right-hand Mandy. <laughs> right-hand Mandy. Right-hand Mandy. That's what she called him. It was the nickname. And, and there's probably <laughs> several romantic songs written in the 90s about him.
0: Right-hand Mandy Moore.
2: <laughs> uh, at this time, it was widely believed from everybody that he who learned to understand how angels spoke could then summon and interact with them. Naturally, he delved into his abundant library and began researching how to do so. Exhausted on the mundane happenings of the natural world, he jumped face forward into the supernatural world. His spiritual hunt led him to the Book of Enoch. He believed that Enoch was the last to speak the language of angels and the very language that Adam himself spoke. He also believed that he could use his vast knowledge and resources to tap into this, but it would take some time to really get a grip on. As a proficient writer, he worked as a scribe and a secretary for important people, which would be important for his next step, for summoning unearthly knowledge. But he still needed a seer or a medium, someone that could be the intermediary between himself and the angels. So he set up meetings with various mediums in the area, but they all went poorly. Eventually, in 1582, by the age of 55, he met another fellow who claimed to have the power that he needed, and his name was Edward Kelly. Like Dee, Edward Kelly had a negative public track record, but his was one of forgery, which is important because some of the following events, although believed to be true, have also you know made people think that they were like fabricated lies and whatnot. Almost immediately after their meeting, the angels visit Kelly and Dee. Allegedly, either angels came down and gave them a shiny spherical stone with which they could see things in the reflection that they otherwise could not see. Uh, In one account, angels visited Dee and gifted him the angelic alphabet, which he was told to memorize. And when he didn't, uh, the angels came back and started hurting him until he started speaking in tongues, which was kind of a catalyst for him to start learning how to communicate with them. Yeah. Another accepted belief is that John Dee acquired a a seer stone, which was a black obsidian mirror. The gist is, Dee wrote, while Kelly um, more or less witnessed the the angels and dictated what they were saying to him, the resulting text would come to be known as the Lieber Legaiath. Now, the big bummer is that there's an obvious argument that they made it up. Kelly had a past of forgery, and the syntax of the language just so happens to match the English language Exactly. The idea that two separate languages share the same exact rules and principles and sentence structures is, it's just not normal. So that's kind of a red flag that they made it up themselves according to, you know, experts. But on the plus side, it means that to this day, you can actually learn it and it functions as a communicative language. It's like a full language that you can learn? Absolutely it is. That's neat. Yeah, pretty cool. So there they were, day in, day out, in John Dee's massive library. They studied one and only book to discuss angelic dialogues, and sure enough, the angels started visiting uh, regularly with the duo. They provided them with a symbolic language to communicate. John Dee calls this Enochian, as in Enoch, who was the last biblical patriarch to speak the angelic language. As the belief goes, opening communications between man and celestial beings uh, also allows for all sorts of new abilities, advanced technology, information, voiceless communication, and the transfer of information through these angelic symbols. So here we are, the Enochian alphabet. There are 21 letters in this alphabet, and they mirror English. Some sound or act like ours, but note that these are actually just titles for the letters of the language. It's a bit more complex than that. So we're left with three major sources of writing. The Libra Lugaeith, which is the new journal of 49 by 49 tables of symbols, contains letters and words that make up a super grid. Uh, we have some of John D.'s private journals, which contain drawings and more complex symbols that represent more complex concepts. Uh, they look like constellations, pretty much. And then we also have the Sigillum de Ameth, or Seal of God, which looks like some sort of mandala or even pentagram-esque. What's important about this one is that it existed before John D., and he claims that the angels are the ones who told him how to make it. This one, this one already existed, but it was what they used to more or less translate some stuff. Uh, the way it works, it's a really, really complex, uh, like super pentagram thing that has like i don't even know like so that's in the middle and then there's like a what is that a hexagram and a in a dodecagram i don't know but it's surrounded by a bunch of shapes and you can move them around to more or less uh, make you know not just spells but like sentences and summon um celestial figures and whatnot pretty cool but yeah so just imagine like m- imagine like your favorite like witchcraft movie uh, and there's like a circle of letters and a bunch of like weird symbols and stuff. Hocus Pocus? Imagine, yeah, so it's Hocus Pocus. It's exactly Hocus Pocus.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah.
2: Um, but this is kind of where I'm going to have to park the bus because honestly, I dug deep and just trying to understand how to understand this language is, it is complicated. Uh, and so if anyone actually wants to get out there and learn how to do it and you actually can speak to angels, you deserve to because it's, it's, pre- it's pretty gnarly. If you want to learn how to open the gates of knowledge and gain access to superpowers or summon celestial beings, all you have to do is learn how to communicate in Enochian.
0: Man, I would love to do that.
2: This is our last uh, Halloween episode, though, so if anyone wants to do that, just can you, can you not destroy the <laughs> or world? Or you can,
1: because we're done. <laughs> yeah. So
2: We're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're actually we were done with this. Yeah, it's okay. Um, here's a fun little fact, though. Um, so... It's actually speculated if the angels that contacted them were angels at all. Some people think that they were uh, demons that were pretending to be angels and they just wanted to more or less get, you know, John D. and, uh, and Callie to open the gates of hell up so that, you know, they could send them back. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah. cool. They wanted to more or less make the new apocalypse and take over earth. So, um, which essentially was what Lucifer wanted. He wanted to take over the earth and make it, uh, his own plane, you know? So yeah,
0: that's kind of it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah. Do you think they have a Nokia in like uh? What's, what's that app where you learn to speak languages? Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone. Yeah, uh, Duolingo. Which Duolingo. Would be good. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they uh, have Anokian in that. Yeah. Maybe they have a Nokia <laughs> in there.
2: An old phone. That's, a that's phone, kind of yeah. like a, maybe that's kind of like the. Uh, the seal of god because it's it's old and it's sturdy and tried and true
0: hey yeah because nokia phones were indestructible Mm -hmm. they lasted forever like enoch did yeah so i think we figured something out here have you
2: guys ever seen a nokia phone ever actually get destroyed or die
0: i mean that's that's like a meme right they're indestructible
2: maybe god took one into heaven (laughs) and he's texting he's
0: texting right now He's sexting me
1: or it's something the the devil placed in front of us to trick us into opening the gates of hell so that's true Play with those powers carefully mm-hmm. Nokia owners I think I'm getting a text right I'm
2: oh huh? I'm getting I'm getting a text right now guys what is it is it from God uh yeah it says it says from that big boy uh, and the text <laughs> actually reads be excellent to each other
0: Hey, hey all right yeah that's, that's a thing good. I keep behind
2: yeah. All right, cool. Um,
0: well, let me. Uh, hey, let me check my candy sack. Uh, mm-hmm. I just got. I just have one giant Twix. Oh, wow! A huge Twix. It fills my whole bag, though.
2: Is it kind of like Honey I Shrunk the Kids? And it's uh, here is the thing. Okay, ingredients. I wonder if it's actually good to eat a giant Twix like that because you are only going to be able to take bites of the different types of. That's true. Yeah, you know, like, like you,
0: get, you can't get the caramel, full strata yeah. at one in one bite. Yeah, yeah.
2: so that's maybe that's like yeah you know, it's more of
0: a it's more of a curse than curse person, yeah I'm absolutely yeah. yeah
2: yeah did you summon it by chance by opening up a portal <laughs> yeah. or just put the twix <laughs> yeah. spell in uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I put the twix code in yeah. twix out. shark yeah uh
1: my bag my bag's got um <laughs> typical fare of candies pretty good haul tonight pretty good haul um and there's also a note a note oh, hold on. Mm. Oh.
0: what what does it say they' from your mom it says love you
1: guys Be excellent to each other. The biggest boy.
0: Oh, wow. All right. (laughs) Man, why didn't I get a message?
1: Hey, wait, hold on. Hey, look, what's 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 in your mouth?
0: (laughs) What what, what, what is (laughs) this? There's a message carved into my tongue. It just says the big boy on it. Oh, that's good. Do you <laughs> that's feel like just you your can, tattoo, you're, you're Roger. you better. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> your normal tattoo we've seen forever.
0: <laughs> hey, out of all the all the Halloween stories that we've told this month, which one do you think was the most spooky? For real,
2: um, Bogart probably. Bo- yeah. Boggart got me. Boggart's pretty spooky.
0: I think yours this week, Kevin, was the spookiest for me. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh. That's too real. Yep. Like I think because it's too real. Like uh, I know you. You know, yeah. I met you before. Yeah. So yeah, too, uh, too real.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think any of the other ones I brought are particularly spooky. They're yeah.
0: They're just, more fun.
1: Yeah. yeah Baba Yaga. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Roger, I think that you meant to talk more about yours today. I think you probably left this part out as a friendly reminder. I think, um, isn't there some way in which this subject you picked relates to Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about that. <laughs> uh do you remember in Harry Potter how um they drank butter beer? Yeah. Yeah at the uh well, it turns out um in the ancient traditions of Samhain, mm. they would make a beer out of ghost butter and they called oh, it butter beer. Wow. So that's where that comes from. Fascinating, oh, huh? Very interesting. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. do the thing? Oh, what, what what am I doing? Do it was a the theme song.
1: A, it was a weekly Potter fact. We, weekly Potter fact. Oh, I, I already forgot about that. What is it again that I do? It was just a theme song, <laughs> but then you
0: cut out and with you, like a.
1: The, the, I think you
0: have to do, you have to say, like, this was your weekly Potter fact. Oh, and, then yeah. you, and then you do bam, the theme song. Bam, 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 okay. Bam, bam. okay. 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 Got it. This is your weekly Potter fact. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> God, we got that in there. I already
2: forgot that we were doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: even remember doing Christy that. Lost her shit. <laughs> I mean,
0: I've only done like maybe one or two Harry Potter facts, but Kev said I did it every week. Uh, that, that is not a that representation of me. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do a Harry Potter fan. Uh, this was a good month. I like this. Yeah, it was fun. I can't yeah, wait for next year.
2: It was fun. Um, yeah, I said it was fun. It was fun. <laughs>
0: It was fun. <laughs> I'm really sweaty right now. It's too scary for you, man. Yeah. You got those those, uh, those ghost sweats going. Hey, guys, my dog is
2: crying right now and looking at the window. Oh, God, really?
0: <laughs> don't look, man. You don't want to see Stop. it. Oh,
2: God damn it. Sam's not home either. I think I just saw the lighter on my desk move. <laughs> uh, no. Get out of there, I Have a knife. We're good. Come sleep Stop with my ghost. parents. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Ugh. Um. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody that's been listening, and also thanks to everybody that's left a review or a comment um, or a rating on our iTunes. Mm-hmm. It actually, helps us out a lot. So if you have a minute and you want to go give us a review, or maybe even just send us a message or something, uh, we'd love that. Yeah. So, thanks. Um, yeah.
1: It's it's very helpful. It's also very excellent to get those. Yeah, it's just nice. Really Honestly, that. Like thank a, you. It's a
2: it's a cool thing. I think we've all worked on you know different types of creative projects and. Uh, sometimes you lose a little bit of steam if you don't get a lot of love, but you know, yeah. we've been getting a lot and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. So thank you. Cause it makes me feel good. and makes me actually want to sp- spend the time to make these a little bit better.
0: Totally. Yeah. I agree. They're excellent. And, uh, we're going to start the new tradition where if you leave a comment on our uh, iTunes page, if you leave a, a review, mm-hmm. then we'll read it out loud, no matter what you say on it. Yeah. Uh,
2: also send us an email cause... God damn it, I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Give the email address.
2: Uh, it's uh, storyholdpodcast at gmail.com. The G excellent. stands for
0: ghost. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, next next
2: week, week it's going to stand for that. It's going to stand for something else. Yeah. It's going to good turkey. Good turkey. Good turkey. Good turkey, turkey mail.com. <laughs> 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 uh, cool. All right. Well, hey, be excellent Thanks to each other. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Yeah.
1: Bye. Bye. bye, guys. Ha, <laughs>